0: Good morning, Springbrook. Good to see you guys today. I tell you what, there's no better way to start out a Thanksgiving week than to be here celebrating our God together because that's what it's all about, bringing Thanksgiving before Him. There's a lot of great things about Thanksgiving. Probably the thing I get most excited about is pumpkin pie. Any pumpkin pie fans out there? Oh, mercy my. Now, I don't put my whipped cream on like that. I don't have that type of skill. Uh, what I do is I just take it and shake the whipped cream and then I just bury the pumpkin pie. You can no longer see the pumpkin pie because I'm having a little pumpkin pie with my whipped cream. <laughs> A new family here at Springbrook, Dan and Hill, or excuse me, Dan and Veronica Hill uh, came to me. And uh, this guy's an amazing guy. He uh, is a plumber. And on top of that, he built his own house over the last two years. Okay. That kept him busy. And on top of that, he has a little bit of a farm. And he raises turkeys. In fact, he raised 18. Uh, this year. And uh, here's a picture of him, one of those gobblers. And He said, Dan, would you like a turkey for pastor's appreciation? I said, I've never been asked that before. Well, sure. I'd like a fresh turkey. So, I want you to meet Danny. (laughs) This is little Danny here. And uh He's my turkey. Yesterday, he sacrificed his life for my family. Yep. And if you want to see him, he's in the refrigerator <laughs> in the kitchen. You can go in there. Take a look at Danny. All right? Now, you are got to come back next week because we're going to dress him up. All right? I'll get a picture of that as well. <laughs> All kinds of great things to look forward to. We're going to be talking about how to have a more... Could you guys uh, reverse the slides? Is that possible? They're matching right now. Thank you. First Thessalonians five sixteen through 18 is the passage we're going to dig in today. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, as I look at this, and I've taught and preached on this particular verse many times, but I don't know, you know, how the Holy Spirit just kind of gets in there and does something new and and creative. And i was saying, wow, you know, when I look at this, I see the three Christian attitudes that we must have in order to approach every day. We are to rejoice, number one. We are to pray, number two. And we are to give thanks. And that's what we're exploring today. So these are attitudes. What is an attitude? An attitude is a settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something, typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior. Maybe you'll hear, say something. Well, that guy really had an attitude. There's a lot of negative baggage there. Right? Didn't treat me very well. What's his problem? He has a bad attitude. But our attitudes impact so significantly the way we perceive our life and the way we experience our life and the challenge many times is we just let our attitudes happen to us we don't manage our attitudes and we don't choose our attitudes we just let them happen so oh, i feel great oh you're having all of these different emotions, and you really have to understand this, is many of you follow your emotions. Whatever emotion you're having at that particular time, that's how you perceive and interpret your life. So if it's a negative emotion, oh, everything's just so depressing. It's a positive emotion, wow, everything is good, and Man, I tell you, that is a roller coaster you do not want to ride. What you need to do is to manage and more importantly choose your attitude. Did you know that you could choose your attitude? Did you know that, that you can, in a way, kind of guide them along with the power of God? So that's what we're talking about today. Now, as we look at the verse in First Thessalonians, the, the Greek language, uh, the verb tense is that you're always doing it. So the idea is you're rejoicing always. Always rejoicing. You're praying always. You're always praying. You're thanking always. You're always thankful. So that is the way to approach every day. How about those Chicago Bears, huh? Like, wow! Can we believe it? What is going on there? Things are going well. We got Mitch series you know, head toward maybe a, a record and, and passing yards, and he's on target. And then we got the Mac man. You know, you never know what's going to happen with the Mac man, you know, and he's on defense and. And, and oh, this is this is the perfect Chicago Bear week, friends. Tonight, seven twenty, Minnesota Vikings—the one team Chicago has got to beat. And if they meet beat them tonight, oh, what a celebration! They got seven games left for our division uh, games. That's going to impact where they stand. And it's exciting. And then on Thursday Thanksgiving, the way it should be, the Detroit Lions against the Chicago Bears. That's what I grew up on every Thanksgiving. I look forward to that game. And finally, the NFL has got their act together. Yeah. It'll be exciting. But you know, I'm going to tell you how we normally manage our attitudes in our life. It's by circumstances. So, when we think about the Chicago Bears, either we're happy, (laughs) right, like today, all filled with anticipation, or we're complaining. If you want to hear people complain, just get on sports radio. Oh, mercy. These people think way too much about football or whatever it might be. It's interesting, but there's just so much whining that goes on. All right, well, if they win tonight, we'll be happy. If they lose, oh, stupid bears, get rid of that new coach. Max not performing. We're wasting our money and on and on it goes, right? Then in regards to the bears, we're either peaceful about the bears or anxious. So, okay, I know the bears will do worse. It's really not based on anything. It's just I want to feel peaceful, but usually... There's, a, there's anxiety. There's anxiety. And if you're really a hardcore Bears fan, you know all the different issues and all the different players and you know, on the disabled, disabled list and that kind of thing. And and so you have a lot of anxiety. But it's a little higher maybe or, or in terms of how much you know and uh, which direction you think it will go. And then there's satisfaction or dissatisfaction. Right? I mean, they're satisfied with what the Bears are doing or I'm dissatisfied. And friends, this is the way that you live your life, most likely. This is the way I live my life many times. The, the thing is that we, we get into circumstances, and we say, okay, are my circumstances good? I'll be in a good mood, or are my circumstances bad? Negative. And, As always, just naturally we kind of lean toward the negative in the way that we think. And then we're either peaceful or anxious because usually we're in control. We're not letting Jesus be Lord of our life. And so we're trying to manipulate things and move things around and whatever it takes to get the best possible outcome. We do our best, we do our best, and we might have peace for a second, but usually we're filled with anxiety because we can't control these things, and too many things are going wrong, so we tank, and either we're satisfied or we're dissatisfied, and doggone it, we are dissatisfied, amen? Come on now, amen? Of course you're dissatisfied. We live in the United States. Uh, every day that we go through and now we've got it on our phones, we see th- everything that everybody else has, and we say, why? Why can't I have that? Why can't I be that? It's just the way we kind of naturally drift in life. And this, <laughs> this obviously is not the spiritual way to think about life. But if, if we really aren't depending upon the power of God, if we're not truly focused in in rejoicing and praying and thanking and rejoicing and praying and thanking and rejoicing and praying and thanking, praying and thanking we're going to drift, right? We're going to drift to complaining, anxious, and dissatisfied. This is our default, right? We're born into the world of sinners, and hopefully all of you have made a decision uh, to follow Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you haven't, uh, you need to hear that, that God loves you, and He sent His Son to die for you, and Jesus paid the penalty for your sin, and all you have to do is believe and receive in Him. It's not based on your good works. You got to make that decision, okay? And that's what we're here for. It's interesting, even when you have been transformed by the power of God, we still drift back to our default mode unless we really trust in God to think in a different way, to, to practice our focus in a different way. Our focuses are naturally going to come back to uh, complaining. Was there anybody who was not complaining this past week? anybody who's not been anxious, anybody who's not been dissatisfied, well, praise God if you are. Way to go. God's working through you. But, man, I tell you, this is an everyday battle. Romans 121, for although they knew God, now he's talking about uh, unsaved people who have just tossed God out. They don't have anything to do with God. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Okay? This is the default mode. Before we became Christ followers, and the saddest thing is that we move into our Christian lives and we have the same type of problems. We're not thankful. We're not rejoicing. We're not praying. I mean, we're all at different levels of maturity, right, as we move along the discipleship path. But many of us can so easily just drift and say, oh, well, life is not working out, so I'm going to complain and those type of things. Now, this is very important, okay? This is... What we talk about in terms of world view, how do you approach your life? What's the image that you have in your life? Got a bunch of wonderful men here sitting in the front row, just where I would like you. Uh, What were you doing? Hero Up, is that right? Yeah, we were at Hero Up. At Hero Up, all right. Where were we at? We were in Mokina. Mokina. Very good. It's a good time for everybody? All right, man. Well, I'm your pastor. I'm your spiritual leader. Well, let me me step back first. I'm going to give you three different views of your life, okay? I'm not a pastor right now, uh, but I'm the fantasy guy. I'm the fantasy guy. I said, guys, you have the world ahead of you. I mean, you've got, oh, there's just unlimited opportunities. I mean, Tristan, you can do anything you want if you put your mind to it. All you have to do is focus and and sacrifice. Tristan, I can't wait to see what God is going to do with you, you know, if you really want it, Tristan. You could be the president of the United States. And you say, no, not me. Oh, yes. Every individual born in this country becomes a citizen. We have that right to become the president of the United States. That's what they told me when I was a kid. And really, who wants to be the president of the United States? Oh, I don't think anybody does. Well, some people do. But all that to say is, I mean, you're in any sport. Well, Cole here, you're in baseball, right? Oh, call. I've heard about how well you play. I've heard about your giftedness. And, man, I tell you, don't mess this up. You, you are the next Anthony Rizzo. You are. There's no doubt about it in my mind. But it's all up to you, man. Are you going to be Tony or not? Huh? Are you going to be Mr. Rizzo or not? You've got to make it happen because we're living the American dream. We can do whatever we want to do. And you guys, you can do it if you choose. <sighs> that's a fantasy, right? That's what, unfortunately, kids learn. you be anything you want to be. Well, not really. Sorry to rain on your parade here. Psychology today, one psychologist writes, We are all limited in particular ways by our genetic endowment and by the statistical realities of competition. In addition, luck and chance play a much larger role in life outcomes, including success, than we generally acknowledge. Now, this is the fatalistic view. This is like, who knows what's going to happen? There is no God. We're just living accidents, walking around, and there's no way you can predict the future. So I would come back here to Cole and Tristan and say, guys, I just want to tell you a little bit about what life is about. Ah, man, I tell you. Anything can happen, really. Anything can happen. Now, now what do you want? To, what, what would you like to do for a living? Uh, a architect, oh. I'm architect. Okay, he's an architect. All right. And you. Let's say you want to be Anthony Rizzo, just for illustration. Okay. <laughs> now, Tristan, I really have no idea what it takes to be an architect. Uh but you might not have it, bud, you know? <laughs> I, I don't know what the mental skill set is, or you just might not have it, man. You might be like in your second year and say, there's no way I can be an architect. And I really can't tell you what you're going to be good at anyway. Not Cole over here, you know, he's a dreamer, right? He wants to be Anthony Rizzo over here, right Cole? I tell you, bud... There's like 100,000 kids that want to be Anthony Rizzo, and you're just one of them, man. You are just one of them, man. When you talk about statistically the chance of you being a professional baseball player, you might as well just, you know, buy some lotto tickets, you know? I mean, because there's a lot of people who want to be professional baseball players, and there's only so many stops, spots, that is. And one more thing, the only way you guys can really get what you want is you've got to have a lot of luck and chance. I mean, that's really one of the key indicators. Uh, it's just got to happen. I mean, I can't tell you how to do it or anything like that, but things don't look good for you guys. And uh, oh, and by the way, you could die at any point. Well, now, what's that? That's a fatalistic view, right? We got no control. We don't know why we're here. Yeah, try and do something, but don't expect a whole lot, right? All right, well, now I'll put my pastor hat on. Hey, look who it is. It's Tristan and Cole. Love you guys, man. So glad you came today. You know, I know that both of you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I know your parents and they love Jesus, they walk with Jesus, and they they brought you up in a godly way. And, and what I can tell you is that God has a plan for your life. In fact, he put that plan together before the beginning of the world. And he knows exactly what he wants you to do. And first of all, giving him the glory, telling people, hey, if there's anything good, it's all God. And and then also in serving other people and helping other people. And, and again, none of us know what's going to happen in life. Everything is uncertain, but God, of course, knows. And he's promised that he's going to bless you guys. Oh, yeah, I mean, in this life, there's all kinds of good stuff that God allows into our lives and marriage and kids and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, but there's going to be problems. I mean, that's what the Bible says. But here's the great thing. You guys know already that when you face problems, uh, when you face a challenge, it, it's an opportunity for God to grow you to be more like Jesus, right? And you know that you can pray to him. You don't have to struggle with anxiety. and You can pray and trust him. And, and then you can also be filled with Thanksgiving no matter what is Going on in your life, I mean let's say the woman you're d- dating you know she just blows you off that'd be really painful' tell you know I've been through that, and so the point being is is that God will help you through that or through whatever comes your way, and I am waiting to see what God is going to do what he's going to do through you All right. let's thank these guys. I really appreciate that. Do you see the difference? Let's wake up and see the difference. Friends, some of us are living in the fantasy world. We're banking on, I'm going to have a great life. I'm going to have money. I'm going to have success. Well, it might not happen. We don't have to be fatalist about it. It's like, whoa, well, let's just see what happens. No, God has a plan for your life. And when you submit to him, When he is your Lord and you're walking every day with him and you're rejoicing always. You're counting it all joy, as James says. Every challenge that comes your way, you say, okay, God, I'm going to count this joy because I know you're going to use it to change me, to mold me, to make me more like Jesus Christ. And, And I know throughout this challenge when I'm feeling down, when I'm so depressed and I just can't take it anymore, that I can come to you in prayer, and I can lay myself out and say, God, this doesn't make any sense, but I know that you have a plan. I pray that you would give me, give me what I need to make it through this week, and in the midst of that, you'll be able to thank God. God, things look really dark out there, Uh, but you know what? I'm going to thank you for what you're going to do, because I know you're going to show up in this difficult circumstance. And maybe this is something I'm going to have to struggle with for the rest of my life. But every day, you're going to pour grace into my life, right? You're going to give me the strength that I need. I don't want the American dream. God, I want your plan for my life to be fulfilled. I no longer want to live in a fantasy. This fantasy is screwing us up big time. People are confused. People are upset because it's not happening when it is a fantasy. And thank God we don't have to fall into fatalism. Oh, oh, no. We can have faith in our God, right? And we can rejoice and we can pray and we can thank God for all that He has done. So faith faith in god and friends i really believe that what i just talked about is a source of most of your frustration you're expecting something god didn't didn't guarantee but if you entrust yourself to god he'll take care of things we've been brainwashed that everything should be a fantasy And that's why people are so down. That's where the opioid crisis, addictions, everything, because it's not working. But we as a church can say, hey, it does work when you step out in faith. So these are the spirit-filled daily attitudes, rejoicing always, praying always, thanking always. And why is it that we can rejoice in the midst of pain, why is it that we can pray to God and, and really believe there's going to be a difference made? And why is it that we continue to thank Him even though it doesn't seem anything's happening? Well, Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose the series that we're concluding today the real god <laughs> again i just i am just so excited about how you guys jumped in and read the book went to small group all those different things came to services and i just heard more positive feedback than I have in a long time about a series that we've done, a church-wide series. So I know the Holy Spirit is moving here. And you see, you have got to trust God. Again, He is a just God. He's a good God. He's a wise God. He's a faithful God. He's God. He's holiness. He's other. There's no category for Him. And that's why we can go into uncertainty day after day after day after day because we know that He is in control that He is sovereign, and we know that He wants the best for us, even though it doesn't seem that way sometimes. And we know that He's always there to help us through prayer. And we know we can already start to thank Him because He promises that He will work on our lives in a very special way. So again, rejoice, prayer, thanks. I was trying to think of, of an acronym, and the only one I could think of was TARP. Thanks, you know, T, A, throw something in there, I don't know, rejoice (laughs) and pray. Because, yeah, I've been practicing myself as I was thinking through this yesterday. Then in the midst of anxiety or whatever's going on, I just stop. And I say, Lord, first of all, I want to rejoice. Think about anything in your life, good things, tough things. I just want to rejoice that what you're taking me through is going to make me more like Jesus. And Lord, I could worry about something. I, I could be filled with anxiety, but I'm not choose not to do that. Every time I every time that issue comes up, I says, Oh, I got no control over that one. I will trust you. I'm I'm not trying to manipulate things. No, I'm just gonna trust you. And then There's always something to be thankful for in our lives. You guys realize the power of gratitude? You just go on the web and say the power of gratitude, and you'll just get a ton of statistics and studies that will blow you against the wall because science, science says gratitude works. They say, yeah, the more more grateful you can be, the better you'll feel, the healthier you'll feel, the better relationships you'll have. And it's proven because God created us that way, right? Well, no wonder they found, yeah, well, God said that a long time ago, right? I keep a gratitude journal. How many have a gratitude journal? Please, for me, just this week, just for me, because I know this will change your life and and you'll feel more of God's presence. It's just every day, whatever computer, they got apps that you can download on gratitude. Just write out or type out three things that you're grateful for, very, very specifically. Like, I'm grateful for that great pumpkin pie. I'm grateful that I can see my kids this Thanksgiving. I'm grateful uh, for the things God has... Whatever it might be, but just do it. And what they found in the studies is that if a person does that for just a week, it can make a difference over the next six months in terms of their attitude compared to others who didn't. We don't need scientific studies. We just need to do what God tells us to do. Now, the important thing that one has to understand in this whole process, is it doesn't come just by your will. Then, okay, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to uh, thank God and I'm going to pray. No, it's the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit is the one that powers you along in terms of having these supernatural attitudes even when they don't make any sense. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. No law against these things. Yeah. And friends, if you really want to get an idea of where you have grown spiritually in 2018, you take a sheet of paper or whatever and you list these. Okay, and, and it might be helpful to do this every year, and say, "Okay, this is how I've grown in love this year." I mean, how have I loved people better? You might involve your family in on this thing, and, and say, "What ar-? this? This is a question." Okay, this will keep you safe. All right, you say, "What area? What fruit of the spirit?" Do you see in my life in a greater way than the year before? Now, that's a safe question, right? They'll come up with something. Come on, they're not going to kill you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Even if they're pretty critical. Of They'll come up with something. And, and if you're asked that question, you know, come up with something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ask people because, really, you you many times, you can't see it. You can't see the spiritual growth. I tell you, some of the best times that I've. That with my kids in regards to this, and when they say, Dad, I've seen you really grow in this area, whatever it might be, okay? So everything we do, like, hey, let's be, let's celebrate together. That's a spiritual discipline. Sunday mornings, let's spend time alone with God, your quiet time. Uh, let's fast. Let's go without food to truly listen to what God is saying. All those spiritual disciplines are like, workouts, when you go to the gym, because the game is when you're walking through everyday life at school or at work or and how you respond to things. And, and the more you grow, the more of this stuff you're going to see if you let the Spirit work in your life. Let's take an illustration of this, Ephesians five seventeen through 18. Therefore, do not... Now, I want you to look for the three items we've talked about, right? Rejoicing, praying, and thanking... Therefore, Paul writes, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. It's important here, right? And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, the context is fascinating because back in that day, they were worshiping all different types of gods. And some people felt that the way to get into a spiritual state To understand God better was to get plastered. I'm serious, really. They thought, if I can really get drunk, if I can lose all the control, then I'll experience God. Oh, oh, no. (laughs) What kind of plan is that, right? So we say, don't do what those other people do, for that's debauchery, but be filled with With the Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit within you. You have the Holy Spirit living within you. And He's no longer in the temple in the Holy of Holies, but He's within your body. And He's one with you. He's a a guarantee of your salvation. He's the one who convicts you and guides you in understanding Scripture. He's the one who gives you supernatural strength to rejoice and to pray. And be thankful. The Holy Spirit is within you. Now, He's there, but the choice is, are you going to let Him control your life? Are you going to be filled with Him? Are you going to let the Holy Spirit take over and lead you and guide you from day to day? Because many Christ followers, they have the Holy Spirit within them, but most of the time they're not walking with Him. And so, the, what's the big deal with a Christian life? You know, well, you're not living it. <laughs> That's the problem. You're not experiencing the Spirit in the way that you should. Now, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Now, didn't that sound like joy? I don't know. It sounds like they're rejoicing there, right? They're just singing their hearts out, uh, they're just praising God, making melody t- melody to the Lord with your heart, and and really that's also a type of prayer. You know, we sing songs to God, we we praise Him through prayer. The Psalms are a song books. So you got you got joy and prayer going on then, and then uh, the next verse giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. What does it say? Giving thanks always. So what do we got? Rejoicing by singing songs, right? Praying by songs, as we saw there. And the whole idea of... uh, Choosing and praying and thanking. Thank you, Dan. Okay, thanking. All right? we see that right here. Let's look at another example. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So what do we see there? Don't be anxious when you're going through difficulties, but you pray. Right? No anxiety. You pray about it. Don't be anxious, but pray about it in everything. And that word in the Greek language means everything except sin. Everything. In every minuscule, detailed part of your life that you figure God doesn't care about, He does. Because He loves you fully. And He wants to transform you fully. With thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Now, you know, when I was growing up and I saw that thanksgiving in there, I said, now, why is that in there? That, there really is no reason for that word thanksgiving in there. I mean, if I'm going to go to God, I'm going to tell him what I want, and I'll get out of there. No, you see, and friends, oh, we could talk hours about this, but if we go through Scripture, we just see this, this theme of rejoicing. Praying and thanking. You look at the scriptures today. Look it up, you know, put it on the web. Rejoicing, praying, and thanking through the Old Testament and the New Testament. Why? Because this is the way to walk with God. You rejoice. You see God. You see the world from God's point of view. Yeah, you're going through tough things. But hey, God's got a plan for you. He's making you more like Jesus. You're going to count it all joy. You're going to rejoice. And then you say, God, it's really hard. I'm not sure what to do. But I won't spend time in anxiety like my default mode. This time I'm swinging over and I'm going to pray. And every time that issue comes up, I'm going to pray, 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 pray. Because you're the only one who can do anything about it. And then I'm going to thank you. I'm going to thank you for the... But for the answer you're going to give me, I know you're going to give me an answer. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to thank you for these five things that you did just last week. I'm going to be always full of gratitude, rejoicing, rejoicing, praying, thanking. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus It's there, friends. It's there if you reach out to it. Rejoicing, praying, and thanking. I know some of you are saying, Dan, uh, you don't know how hard it is in my life right now. You know, I have chronic pain. Uh, There's no... I don't think it will go away. Or Dan, I'm in terrible marriage relationship I mean it's not what I thought it would be at all and every day I have to pray for energy just to get there Dan I'm hooked on an addiction you know instead of finding my satisfaction in God I'm satisfied with us some other type of comfort and it's got me and it's pulling me down well Dan you know That's nice for you, the preacher, to say. Right? You can say that. and You can do it with enthusiasm. Well, Let me give you one more example. Many of you are familiar with Corrie ten Boom. A Jewish woman, along with her sister Betsy, who were taken into the Nazi concentration camps. Just imagine sitting in Ravensbrück. uh, Just imagine sitting... And one of those tents, whatever they had for the people. I mean, they were just crowded in. As many people as you could find. You can just imagine some of the challenges they had. And there were fleas. All kinds of fleas. Just all day, all night. Fleas. And. A miracle happened when a when a Bible was smuggled in. Somehow, some way, it got into this particular tent. And Betsy and Corey, who are Christ followers, started to read it. And Betsy noticed something. It says, Hey, Corey, it says, Give thanks in everything. Maybe we should thank God for the fleas. And Corey said, No way. I am not thanking God for the fleas. There's nothing good that can come from fleas. Well, eventually Betsy was able to win her over, and they started thanking God for the fleas. And and the unusual thing about this is the guards never came in the tent, and, and they were having Bible studies right in the center of Satan's domain, where Satan was rejoicing in death and genocide. There were Bible studies going on. There was prayer going on. There, we, there were these Jews who knew they were going to die coming to Jesus. Right there. And why did the guards stay away? Can you guess? The fleas. The fleas. They didn't want to go near the fleas. they take it home and... Yeah, we don't want to go in there. So what's your flea this morning? What's that one nasty varmint, that thing that, oh, take it away. It doesn't belong. I don't want it. And I'm not saying it will be easy. I want to challenge you and I to thank God for that flea in our life. Because he's doing something so special, and it just seems opposite to you, but he's doing something so special through your life in a situation you're in. And you might not know till heaven, but you've got to trust in his goodness, trust in his wisdom, trust in his sovereignty, trust in his love, and trust in his faithfulness. Let's pray. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, <clears throat> I pray for all of us. We've got fleas, Lord. Oh, mercy. Some have more fleas than others. And, and up to this point, we begin like Corey. No way. I'm not thanking God for that. You, That, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I thank God for pain and discomfort? Lord, I know that uh, for some of my friends here there were Corey's at it. And, uh, uh, that's not going to work. That doesn't <laughs> that go with my theology. <laughs> and I know it's hard. It's hard to get there. But I pray that they would get there. That they'd come to the point to realize that you are in control, you're watching over them. And the fleas, the type of fleas that have been put in their life. are there in order that you might be glorified. And someday, oh, we're going to heaven. No more fleas. No more fleas. Just carry us along each day with the tarp, Lord. <laughs> Thanking and praying and rejoicing.